good to see you guys. Oh, welcome to 7th Street Christian Church. We have some visitors and new friends. We welcome you. I invite you to register your attendance if you'd like in the attendance pads somewhere, uh, usually hidden. Uh, check under the pew cushion. Sometimes they hide in there. Um, <clears throat> so what? It's always a mystery, yes. Um, welcome also, we've had some people out of town on vacation, so we welcome y'all back. Butterworth, welcome back. Joyce, welcome back. They have that nice Florida tan going on. Nice. Good to see y'all. Um, a couple of announcements. Um, we have opportunities to participate and worship. You don't need to be a member. Uh, anyone can sign up, and um, there's worship leader, which is the person that usually does the call to worship. Not today, I'm doing that, but like Cheryl Loggie's doing the confession, and you can sign up to participate. There's prayers of the people. Uh, that is where you, I'm doing that today, but so you can see what that is. As well. As well. That just, that's not the norm. Um, but you do write your own prayer, so however you're feeling there. And then a new thing is offering moments, trying to be more intentional about stewardship and sharing stories. Jess Kelly is leading that moment today, and we need people to sign up. So I've brought, instead of trusting that you're going to go down the hallway because maybe you forget by the time worship is over, I've brought the sign-up sheets to you. So you're welcome. Yeah, I'm going to pass those around. Yeah, you can do that. Um, also, for the offering moment, you may see in your pews these little laminated cards. One may say, this week I gave through, and there's a, an empty line. Um, and we need to get more Sharpies, I admit, but there's some Sharpies floating around. No, I'm sorry. A dry erase marker, I'm sorry. Don't use, actually we did find out they, you can get them off with alcohol. Yeah, technically we did discover that um, when someone used a Sharpie on a whiteboard. Anyway, but yes, please use the, the dry erase markers. Um, and so maybe you've done, you've shared in your time this week or you did, you volunteered somewhere and so you can share um, that and put that in the offering plate. And then we also have, I'm an online giver and so you can drop that in the offering plate as well. Um, what we're trying to do is just be more engaging Awesome, Sadie. Um, Sadie's down with that. Um, just be more engaging with the offering plate so, so that everyone feels that they have something to give because everyone gives. Um, this week, we uh, are grateful for like Steve Cheney who fixed the uh, bath, women's bathroom door. Thank you so much. He also uh, picked out the new freezer. And thank you, Bill Funai, who <laughs> bravely went to Home Depot to purchase it and came here on Friday as they faithfully delivered it earlier than the four-hour span that they had initially given you. So we thank you guys for your offering of, of time to 7th Street in those ways. Um, also happening immediately following service is elder deacon training today. So an email went out to all of you new elders and deacons, that is in the library. I do want to extend an invitation to maybe people who just want to come and learn about that. You are welcome to that um, fascinating training. Um, no, I'm not selling it, but it is. So a lot of people may want to at least help in the deacon area and things, so you, every, anyone's welcome in that area. So that's today in the library. Uh, next Sunday, uh, also open to all is a worship committee meeting that will happen usually it's downstairs in Hanover Hall um, we will be working on Lent and Easter so worship committee receive that information um, and but anyone is also welcome also happening next uh, Sunday is another outreach opportunity it's the first of the month and we take lunch to liberation veteran services um, did you have something Steve Oh, yeah. And if any of you would like to help, there are, we have several projects that we would like to work on. Thank you. And, uh, just contact Bill or I, and that could be Yes. Yes. We also have a meeting tomorrow at 5.30, so you know. Um, and did you have something? Yeah. 
Um, so thank you to everyone who came to Faith Family Friends on Friday. Um, you may have noticed that your rocks that you diligently painted are not here today. Uh, and that is because, as it turns out, I think it was too cold and the sealant didn't dry very well. So I um, hope to have them for you next week to pick up and then you can hide them around the community. So thank you for your patience. Thank you, Jess um, and Jamie, for leading that. Also, welcome back, Jamie, who went home to Pennsylvania, where she met with the ordination committee for the United Church of Christ, and was, it's one step closer, she was unanimously confirmed for ordination, pending the Ecclesiastical Council. be celebrating in March after the Ecclesiastical Council, right? <laughs> I think we will be celebrating. <laughs> None of us are worried. Um, and then before we officially get started with our welcome song, our gathering song, I want to make sure everyone has a little piece of paper in their... Um, worship bulletin. Did everyone get a little piece of, should be blank if you're like, nothing's on it. That's right. Good. And go ahead and find a pen or dig out a pen because you're going to need that for the call to worship. So just want to get that started. There you go. Um, and with that said, I'm going to invite Miss Jamie up, Pastor Jamie up to lead us in our gathering song. For those of you who are new during this gathering song, we invite people as they can to stand up. There should be some instruments in your pews. If you don't have one, our friend Jensen will hand them out to you. And we invite people to make a joyful noise to the Lord. Yep. We, what's, what page is the song on? Good morning. There we go. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I invite you to stand if you are able. Um, each Sunday morning we begin worship with just a time to make a joyful noise. Um, if there is an instrument nearby, I invite you to pick it up and shake it on the beat, off the beat, whatever floats your boat. Um, but yeah, so let's join in singing, We Are Walking in the Light of God. We're just going to sing kind of the first verse maybe two or three times in English today. We are walking in the light of God. 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 We are walking, we are walking. Oh, we are walking in the light of light of God. to be seated. I invite you to pull out that blank piece of paper and a pen as we create our call to worship. Don't be scared. It's okay. <laughs> and I want you to take a deep breath. And let it out. And I invite you to write down 12 words, words, not phrases, 12 words about why you are here to worship this morning. 12 words, just make a list, or however you want to do it, why you are here this morning.
they're still working hard. That's great. Give you 20 more seconds. I now invite you to mark out six of those. Draw a line through six of those words. Mark out six. Randomly. Whatever six you want. Why are you here at worship? Mark out six of those. Like, so keep the most, the six most important words to you. Now I want you to mark out three of those words. So keeping the three most important words to you. Why are you here this morning? Now I want you to mark out two of those words <laughs> where only one remains. Why are you here this morning? Could be difficult. Uncomfortable. You're like, oh, okay, no right or wrong. I now am asking for six to eight people who would be willing to come forward to share their words. Just raise your hand if you'd be willing to come forward. All right? Go ahead and come forward if you're willing. Come on, Mantle. All right, come on, Judy. Come on. Hold your words. There you go. There you go. I love it. Thank you. y'all are in a random order, and I invite us to hear our call to worship. I just want you to pass the microphone down and share your one word, okay? It's a, that's it, all right? Let us listen. Renewal. Community. Minister. Jesus. Love. Love. God. Friends, with that, let us stand as we are able and join in our opening hymn, Lord of the Dance. We will sing verses 1, 2, and 5.
While we remain standing, please join me in unison in the confession. Gracious God, in Christ you call us to unity of mind and purpose, that we confess that our hearts are often turned towards separation and truth. We adore, we encourage rivalries, we tear down our brothers and sisters in faith. Help us to remember that all have been baptized as one body into Christ's death. Receive the good news. There is no place, not even in our hearts, where the love of God cannot penetrate and calling us to new life as one body united in Christ. God is around and among us, healing and restoring. Praise be to God for the gift of forgiveness and the promise of peaceful unity. At peace with God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another. Please be seated. Um, this morning's first reading is from the book of Psalms, chapter 27, verses 1 and then 4 through 9. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I do seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. The word of the Lord. Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 25. 
And I invite us to read along in your pew Bible or to actively listen. Now, when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in a territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah may be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has drawn. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left and followed him. And as he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of, Ze James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called to them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame throughout, spread throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains and demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. The word of the Lord. Earlier this week, I had a bit of a disruption here at the church. Our neighbors in the Greek church had a generator alarm going off. Now this has happened before, which is why I knew what it was. And it's a high-pitched kind of squeal. I asked Gerald to demonstrate for us. All right, a little higher. All right, another half step. Yeah. Oh no, keep it going. And it's just incessant, okay? And it's right outside of my office, right outside the window, and it's annoying. And it's disruptive. And after about 23 hours of it, I finally called. Okay. They, they were aware. I wasn't sure. But we all have disruptions in our lives. I and by no means the only one who has experienced such a disruption this week. We have small little disruptions, things like the phone keeps ringing, or maybe, and maybe you're in the middle of dinner or you're at your desk trying to get some work done and you just can't get anything done because the phone keeps ringing. Or maybe the disruption is you think that you're just going to have a casual evening there's nothing on the agenda. And then your kids come home with a project 
that naturally is due the following day. <laughs> or maybe it's that loud mystery banging in the middle of the night that wakes you up. You have no idea what it is, and you're like, what in the world? All right, a disruption. Or it's that coworker that just won't stop talking. Or that, that person that just keeps interrupting you and disrupting you, and you can never actually complete a sentence. I'm going to go ahead and throw our office communications person, Ryan, under the bus, because Ryan loves to disrupt me every week. He comes in, and like he'll just keep coming in my office asking questions, and I'm like, can you... Like, just hold all of your questions in one little box and come to me at one time. And he actually loves it. He does it on purpose, right? Like, these disruptions just, he gets a kick out of it. But there's also larger disruptions, right? Like losing your job. Or divorce. Or maybe surgery. Or the death of a loved one or a diagnosis of cancer, or you get evicted, or you are experiencing identity theft, or discriminations, or maybe our animals are getting ill. And of course, not all disruptions are bad or sad. I met with a couple last week whom are getting married, and they are just navigating the disruptions and the excitement of getting married and how that will change their life. And, and they had been together for about 10 years and are choosing now to get married. And um, the, the, the man thought that, just assumed that his fiance was going to take his last name. And she's like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to. And he's like, oh, I just assumed. And she's like, well, you assumed wrong. <laughs> Little disruption. Or maybe the disruption, the positive disruption, is graduating from college, or maybe seminary. Maybe it's starting a new job in a brand new city. Maybe it's retirement. But whether they are heart-wrenching or heartwarming or unjust or reasonable or annoying or welcomed, we all have disruptions in our lives. And as I was thinking about this this week, I was somehow as Christians, we think that we are somehow safe from disruptions. Somewhere in Christian tradition, we have come up with the notion that in the path of following Jesus, of following Christ, that somehow we are going to be kept safe from disruptions. That nothing bad is going to happen to us. That if we pray hard enough, all of our prayers will be answered. That God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And even as we approach our gospel lesson for this morning, we tend to just focus on Jesus calling those first disciples. That, that Jesus calls those first disciples of Andrew and Peter, and, and we're like, oh, that's so sweet and wonderful. We read this story, we hear this story with these rose-colored glasses, with all of its optimism and its cheerfulness and its joy. Oh, look at those first disciples following Jesus. That is so nice. How wonderful, how powerful. And we think to ourselves, wow, would I have the kind of faith to follow a new movement? Would I have that kind of faith to follow Christ? Just dropping their nets, leaving their livelihood, walking away from family and friends? This week, while that alarm was going off at the Greek church for the 23rd hour, what caught my attention in this text 
are the disruptions that happen when we actually follow Jesus. What stood out for me was Peter and Andrew who were casting their nets into the sea to catch fish because they were fishermen and they left their nets to follow Jesus. And James and John who were mending their nets in the boat with their father and they left them to go follow Jesus. We can be so focused on the excitement of the first disciples and the wonderfulness of following Jesus that we miss the disruption that occurs. The disruption of leaving your livelihood, the family business, of leaving your family. Were people not depending on Peter and Andrew? What did the father of James and John think as they just dropped their nets and, I don't know, got out of the boat? Did he even row up to the shore? I don't know. This was a time of tight-knit households. Sons lived with their father. Brides came to live in their husband's father's house. This was a society which required extensive cooperation for economic survival. One doesn't just get up and leave. And if one does, it is a big disruption. Of course, we all know from personal experience just because we don't talk about something doesn't mean that it didn't happen because this text doesn't actually mention the disruption. But if we think about it, following Jesus means that there is going to be disruption in our lives. When we are called to certain things, if we follow Jesus, it means that we are stepping away from old things. When we follow Jesus, we are called to new places, perhaps new physical places, new emotional places, new spiritual places. It means that our relationships will be disrupted. And in this case, in the disciples' story, they leave their family. They will be in transition. And these relationships will take new shapes. I know that we love to say, oh, I follow Jesus, and that is so nice, but not all the time. It is disruptive, and it is hard. It means that we have to be willing to leave certain things. It means letting go of those things that have defined us. It means reorienting our worldview to God's, not ours. To care about what God cares about. To understand and work towards God's economy, not ours. It means leaving behind what is comfortable. It means Forgiveness and working for justice and helping the poor and moving outside of our own comfort zones. It means reevaluating everything you think you know about yourself in order to live into who you are and whose you are. Following Jesus means that your identity will change. And that is disruptive. Those who are called and choose to follow Jesus have a new identity. And more than just a name change like Simon, who is changed to Peter, but a vocational change too. Like from net menders and fishermen to fishing for people and mending broken hearts. At the end of our scripture reading, we hear about Jesus's, how Jesus' message had spread to all these people over an immense mass of land. And they were all coming to be healed 
by Jesus. And they too have a new identity. No longer are they lepers or blind. They are healed. And it happens to all of us. A disruption to identity is not an easy thing, even if the new identity is good. And in order to live into who we are as Christians, what are we willing to leave? But I encourage us, friends, to hear the good news. The disruption of Christ in our lives is an invitation to be a part of God's transformative work on earth. One that brings new life to all and that sheds light in the darkness. We have a new identity in Christ. And if we give in to this disruption, it will change us. Amen. Friends, I invite us to respond with our hymn of commitment. This one is found on page 342 in your hymnal. Lord, you have come to the lakeshore. Let us stand as we are able to sing this song. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us go to God in prayer. God, we come to you seeking prayer for those lives who are disrupted by poverty, war, and violence, who daily live with the pain of segregation and racism and inequality that disrupts their lives. We pray for those who lack, who have a lack of access to clean water, affordable housing, or education disrupted by working three jobs just to try to pay basic bills. We lift up those to you whose lives are being disrupted with scary health news and job loss and the loss of loved ones. 
and we lift up ourselves disrupted by our own selfishness. We allow all sorts of disruptions in our lives. Noises, phones ringing, cars zipping by, our long to-do lists, the disruption of fake news and propaganda and hate speech. We are disrupted by easy answers, too complacent to seek or to see truth. We will allow our lives to be disrupted by social media and YouTube wormholes. We even happily accept the disruption of procrastination. We're fine with petty disruptions, but we fear the call of your robust, divine disruptions. Forgive us. O oh, divine disruptor, break open our hearts, disrupt our lives to your calling, to hard questions and uneasy answers. Nudge us toward growth, to recognize our courage to seek justice and practice abundant, abiding love. Disturb us to practice deeper joy. Do we dare consider what this world could be if we were open to your divine disruptions, that the beloved community could emerge forth? Do we have the audacity to be changed by your disruptions? We pray to make it so. Amen. We are invited to give of ourselves to 7th Street and to this community's hard work. We are reminded that giving comes in many shapes and sizes. Just this week, uh, I gave to 7th Street in many forms. I gave of my time, my energy, my creativity, my financial resources, and preparation for the rock painting event on Friday. Once those rocks are eventually ready, <laughs> we will, we, that, there's a disruption for you, right? We will take those rocks and we will give of those rocks to our community uh, here in the greater Richmond area to spread the joy and the hope um, and the community that we found on Friday while painting those together. Let us give as we are able.
appreciate these gifts this day. May this act of giving inspire other ways that we may fish for your people, seeking out those who need your nourishing spirit. And we pray that you will multiply them and the gifts of all your faithful people, like loaves and fishes, that your love may be revealed on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, welcome to Christ's table. This is not my table. This is not 7th Street's table. This is not your table. This is not the popular table in the school cafeteria. This is not a table that you must reserve a seat at ahead of time. This is Christ's table. A table open to those who know the pain of rejection. Those who know the pain of not being heard. Those who know the pain of not being believed. Those who know the pain of being overlooked. There is no rejection at this table. Here everyone is heard, seen, and accepted. Here all are welcome to Christ's table. So come as you are. You are invited here. But before we share in this meal together, let us join our vo voices in singing, I want to walk as a child of the light. It is found in the middle of your insert, um, and we will be singing verses 1 and 3 together. We remember the story that on the night that Jesus, the night before Jesus died, he gathered with his friends over a meal and he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, this bread is like my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and poured it out and blessed it and said, the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us give thanks. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day on which we gather once again to sing your praises. Thank you for your son Jesus and his life of teaching. And thank you for your unbounded forgiveness that you show to each and every one of us. Please, bless this bread so that we may find our nourishment and go out into the world and spread your message of hope in this time of uncertainty and disruption. Loving God, here at this table, we are reminded that you love us as we are, who we are, 
through every stage of life, every disruption in every moment. May this cup renew us and restore us for the week ahead. Amen. Holy One, may we find renewed hope. In you, may we remember that we are not alone. In you, may we know that you have called us to love one another, to belong to each other, and to be one. May our faith be renewed and our hope restored, for when we love one another, we love you. In the name of the one whom we, who we follow and whom we have our identity, and taught us to pray, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen easier when you have the words this week. <laughs>
Friends, let us uh, respond to God's word as we stand and sing our closing hymn, found also uh, in a bulletin insert. It's called, Will You Come and Follow Me, also known as The Summons. We are singing all five verses because it's so beautiful and I couldn't determine which ones to cut. So let us join our voices and sing. Amen. Friends, receive this benediction. Go now in peace, for Christ has called you to live in peace among your brothers and sisters. Go now in courage, for Christ has called you from the places of your life to be agents of redemption and partners in healing. Go now in joy and thanksgiving, for Christ is our light. Go now as one body to love and serve God as you love and serve the world. Amen. Amen.